Welcome back to the I'm Open Podcast. Today we have so many exciting things to discuss. We're going to be answering the question, how many fake Twitter accounts is too many fake Twitter accounts? We're also going to tell you which diva was the most cold-hearted this week and... We're going to talk about a brand new type of advertising that's taking the sports world by storm. All coming up next on the I'm Open Podcast. We're so excited about the show today. I'm going to be calling in my man Casey onto the line to join us to talk about some of these hot topics right now. A lot going on in sports. Of course, the Warriors just wrapped up their their back-to-back championship, second championship uh, in a row, and it's the third third for a lot of those guys. Only the second for KD, obviously. And yeah, KD, man, he got local champion. Yeah, yeah. But it's exciting for me. We're not going to talk about all that X's and O's. It's exciting for me because we ended the last episode with our mask off performer. That was Nick Young, Swaggy P. And uh, we gave him a shout out of her mask off award. And now this week, we're starting it off with Nick Young because he actually got tatted in Cleveland uh, right before game three. Uh, I think it was the day before game three of the finals. He got tatted a big Cupid tattoo on his neck. Now... I mean, like swag. Only Swaggy would would do this. Like, I feel like, aren't you? I I'm not tatted. I can I'll admit that on the air here for the Imelton family. But uh, I feel like, aren't you supposed to like not really like be be doing physical stuff? Just like kind of keep your skin protected after you get tatted, like for a couple of days. I'm I'm not tatted either, but I have heard um yeah, there's like special like creams you gotta wear, like a special you know, they wrap it up or you like you. You got a shower with like one arm up. So, I mean, if he got the tat in Cleveland, first off, that's disrespectful. But also, it's kind of funny because it's ultimately like in your face. Like, hey, like the fact that he had time to get the tattoo in Cleveland, this, the most random thing is a Cupid thing. And like, yeah. half the Cleveland people would be like, damn, man, this man has so much free time. Like, they're that confident that they're going to sweep us. Man, just getting a tattoo. And he's giving me money, so fuck, I still got to give it to him. But yeah, not less than like. <laughs> I feel like it is really ballsy. Like it's just it's like, super ballsy. It's an in it's your like, face yo, move. I don't respect your team or city enough, and we're that good and confident that I'm just gonna get a tattoo in between all of it. That's that's the ultimate. I feel like the only more disrespectful thing would have been like if he had like gone to the Bahamas for like a day and then gone back to Cleveland like in between the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Down trip. <laughs> exactly. That would be the only more disrespectful thing. But it's like, and he played too. It's not like he was like. He played. It's no, not he like he was like Kendrick Perkins or Zaza, like one of these dudes who's just out there just to like be out there like on the bench. Like he actually played, and he still. No got one it. is enjoying being NBA champion more than Nick Young in a bathrobe. Yeah, he deserves it too. I mean, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. But I just don't you think the the man who was tatting him up in Cleveland was so tempted to, like, fuck up his tattoo in some yeah, way. I, nah, man. The thing about that is I'm sure he thought about it, but it's like uh, when you accept the seat. Like, he knew. Like, that's the whole point why Nick Young did He's like, you know you're going to lose and you can't do anything about it, so give me a tattoo of Cupid because you love me. Like, it's the Ooh. ultimate, like, it's the ultimate. And the Cleveland dude, he's like, he knew. 
But also the thing about Nick Young is that people understand a lot of new basketball folks, they think he's a young dude. He's 33 years yeah, old. he's been he's in the league like for a long ass time. He acts like he's young. Yeah. He's not some young, you know, 20, even late 20s. Like, he, he's technically, you know. He's a vet, man. He, I'm actually he's a vet. I'm actually he's, surprised he lasted. He's 11 seasons in the league. I'm actually kind of surprised he lasted that long based on his lifestyle. And he also went to high school uh, that was called Cleveland. Like, his high school was oh, for real? I didn't Cleveland even know that. High School in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> See, well, that's the thing, too. Like, I think not that a lot of guys are probably – I mean, I guess just the guys who are playing Cleveland, but maybe it is a good move because, like, well, I know, Casey, you lived in Cleveland, so maybe you want to debate this, but um, it's not the most to do out in Cleveland, so maybe, like, getting a tat – like, I even though there's obviously a lot of places in L.A. to get tatted, like, there's a lot of stuff to do. So maybe in Cleveland, he just figured, like, hey, what else am I going to do? Let me get some ink. I don't know. That is a very fair estimate. No knocks or hating on the Cleveland folks. Cleveland's a great city. I had a great time. But, you know, options are limited, and it's called a mid-sized city, Midwestern, kind of down-home feel for a reason. You know? Yeah. And, like, but like also, also, though, like, Cleveland actually is conducive and is a great place for his age. Like, J.R. Yeah, Smith is, like, yeah. do you remember how crazy young J.R. was, yeah. you know, Henny, yeah. Henny Jr. sliding yeah. the DMs on Twitter. This is the thing. Jr. was sliding in DMs before Instagram was even around. He was sliding in personal yeah. inbox messages on exactly. Twitter. He was hanging in New York, going crazy. <laughs> yeah. And now Jr. He loves Cleveland. He's got got the big family, the big house. He loves golfing. Like they would show him on the news and occasionally like farmers market and stuff. So like, actually, Cleveland is perfect for Nick Young's age. And I think Nick Young, you know, once he gets this kind of living the high life vibe out for the summer, the championship. You know, we might see him at a at a the Catalina wine mix or something in LA, man. He's at that age. Wow. Well, well, I was actually curious about this because I know, you know, since with your Cleveland ties, you were kind of, uh, you know, rooting for the Cavs in this one. Um, I don't know if you saw after the series ended, J.R. Smith, who, you know, for all those in the, in the family who don't know, he's on the Cavaliers and he has a similar spirit to Nick Young. He actually gave him like a shout out and congratulated him on the uh, championship after and was like, I'm proud of you. That's my little bro. Like, I'm really yeah, proud man. of you. Did you no, see that? No, I, I did see that. That that was that, that was very, very high class, man. JR is crazy and wild as he is, and we love him for that. He is a class act because, you know, they're not really that different in age. Nick Young is 23. Uh, JR is. 33, yeah. Or, oh, no, not 23. Actually, Nick Young is older than J.R. Smith. Oh, for real? But I think yeah. the thing is, J.R. has been in the league. J.R. Because been in the league he, he started when he was 18. Because he came from high school. Yeah. Yeah, he started from 18. So he still thinks Nick Young is his baby bro. Even though. <laughs> he thinks Nick Young is his baby bro. And literally, I didn't know that until I just looked it up because I was like, oh, J.R., man, he's like hitting 40, right? But no, like Nick Young actually he's older, older than, than him. But Jr. treats him like he's a little bro, and Nick Young's down with it. He doesn't like care. Nick Young is like, oh yeah, man, you you are older than me, but yeah, you're my big bro. It's it's actually hilarious because they're they're the exact same player, and I was about to be like, oh man, Nick Young is Jr. Smith, like just eight years younger. But I'm like, what? Well, no, he's actually a year older than him, which is hilarious. Yeah, I think, and I think like if it's other people, like maybe like if if it was like Kevin Love, like hey, props to Kevin Durant. I'm proud of you, man. Good game. Like, people would have been on him. People would have been jumping on him. Like, how yeah. could you say that? But I think because it's JR, people are just, like, kind of, like, they know that he's kind of a fun-loving guy, so I guess they kind of let him off the hook. I, they I don't take it think, the wrong way. No, for sure. And I also think we broke the news because I would wager the bet, and anybody out there, you know, shout-out Nick Crusard, 
Yeah, shout out Nick. With a Venmo. Yeah, man. You can I I Nick. I would I would be willing anybody you can Venmo me if you if tell me if you knew that J.R. Smith was younger than Nick Young. I don't think I don't think anyone like I would say if you ask nine out of ten people they would be like, Oh yeah, J.R. is much older. Yeah. And we we just broke the news. We man. broke that news. You're welcome everyone. That's crazy stuff going on on the internet. Not even nearly as crazy as what was going on with Philly. Uh, Even though they're not in the playoffs, the Philadelphia 76ers have still found a way to make headlines. Jerry Colangelo, just real quick for the um, I'm Open family who hasn't been following, Jerry Colangelo, who's the general manager of the 76ers, it kind of leaked out that he had started a few burner Twitter accounts, five of, of them or somebody using his IP address had started. So then there was a whole investigation to figure out. And they were using these burner accounts basically to diss the players on the 76ers, to insult players on other teams, and to, you know, other coaches. Basically, just like every beef that that Jerry Colangelo had, that's what he was using them for. Some people would even, I don't know if you saw this, Stacey, some people would even, like, make fun of his collars because his collars are kind of, he needs to get better fitted shirts. Like, his collars are kind (laughs) of too big. Like, you know, it's like when, and I, it's okay. Like, I don't have money like Brian Colangelo does, but like when you shop and like you don't get your like dress clothes fitted, sometimes it just doesn't work perfectly. And like, it looks like all of his, his, you can't really see his neck because his collars come up too high, like all the way to like his jaw. And they just don't really, and people just started like roasting him on that. And these Twitter accounts were even like, no, nah, man, his collars look good. Why don't you focus on something else? I think that looks a nice collar. So it's kind of so it was kind of like this is super suspicious. What random Twitter peoples would just be out here just just fighting to re- to represent this man's collar, like to bring respect back onto his collar, like other than him. This is the day and age, man. Like with all the social media and people following, and you know, NBA's hot and popping, and you know it's the off season now. So I mean, the small details people notice that shit, man. We we live in an age where like you can't just ball, you can't just manage like. People are on you, like, even if, if he had his shoe side kind of thing. Like, they're on it now. The fans, it's deep with the fans. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the crazy thing, though, is this has been going on for, like, a couple of years, too. Hmm. Like, he's had the accounts going, and apparently recently he kind of slowed down, and he's been using them less because maybe he kind of was worried that people were going to catch on or something. Yeah, but he's he been using like the babies for years. It, like, apologizing, saying that he wasn't trying to interfere with club relations and the league, but it's like, bro, like, I, I saw a couple of those tweets. Yeah, I <laughs> saw. Those were actually funny. But you can't do that if you're the DM, bro. Yeah, I read through a lot of them. And it was kind of funny, but it was like, it just seemed like a really, like, frazzled fan who was just like, no, don't say that about my team. You know, just fans that you've seen on Twitter just going crazy about defending their team or just irrational. And it's like, you it wouldn't was, expect it, that it would, to literally be somebody who It would be like if your boss's emails got leaked and all, like, the BCCs that you weren't supposed to see came out <laughs> yeah that actually happens to me a lot anyways i basically see all her emails but it's okay <laughs> I I, i'm not gonna yeah i see yeah man she could be she's still working on opening attachments so you know how it is <laughs> you know how it is bro but the crazy thing is his wife came out and she said it was it was her she said it was me i started all these accounts did you see that yeah i yeah. i don't know if she i buy that she, she claims that uh, those were her accounts. He had nothing to do with it. 
So this, good for her taking one for the team. Right? I guess so. Is she? Is that just when they say like I want to ride or die, lady? Is that like what they mean? Like she was like literally just that is the definition the of ride or die. Because the real the real thing about ride or die is what that euphemism means is it means you have someone that's gonna lie when they know they're totally wrong. That's what ride or die really means. That's what it. That's <laughs> let's be honest, everyone. That's what it really means. Ride or die means yo. Like whatever. Brett. Yeah. Lie for yeah. Are you gonna lie for me? That, that's literally what it means. Are you gonna? Are you gonna do whatever it takes, basically? Because this is the thing. You would actually want someone to tell the truth if if shit was like you know kind of fucked up, or it's like oh man, like damn, you should have told the truth. But in this situation, where it's, it's clearly like she had nothing to do with it, she's like no, it was me. So this is the thing. Do you like want to ride or die, or do you want someone who's gonna tell the truth? I guess it's it's, it's a good you know, question. Circumstantial. Yeah. I guess he maybe he could have told her like I get his his defense was like I told her these things like in private, but I don't know it still seems super deep. I guess she might have a lot of time on her hands, but some of the tweets were super deep cuts on like why is Markel Fultz shooting this way? Jalil Okafor has a whatever ankle problem or like really deep cuts that it was like man either she's like watching film on these boys for the 76ers or may, I mean maybe he's telling I know I complain about work like when I come home at the end of the day so maybe he just uh, complains a lot about work and she hears about it and then she just types it into tweets I don't know but then he's still kind of saying that anyway that's still how he feels I mean he released a statement uh, today and the quote is hilarious he he basically tried to lie, but he didn't like follow the lie. Like so, he got lost in it and ended up telling the truth. He says, um, like many of my colleagues in sports, I've used social media as a, as a means to keep up with news. This storyline is disturbing to me on many levels, as I am not familiar with any of the other accounts that have been brought to my attention, nor do I know who is behind them or what their motives may be in using them. However, on social media, I have used the Phil A123456 Twitter account reference in this story to monitor our industry and other current events. <laughs> He's just been watching by been watching. by posting things to monitor. You know, the- man, I uh, you know, like everyone, I use social media, and I I have been on an account, but yeah, I I have no idea who's behind the account. So that's funny. Or what that. the motives are. Like everyone. And I he also that. he also like would tweet some stuff that was clearly like. No one who isn't a manager on that kind of level would know like the yeah. like he just he and he was literally he called Joel Embiid who's you know probably their best player him and Ben Simmons he called Joel Embiid lazy like on a couple different times and was like he was really mad at him because he went to the Meek Mill concert and he was injured and he was like well you didn't look too injured and he was like making all these. <laughs> And Joel, I saw the stream. Yeah, I saw you jumping up and down. And he was—he looked like he was having a fun time because Meek brought Joel on stage and he took his shirt off and stuff. But it's like, hey man, he's in a boot, I probably or I don't know. Either way, he was like, oh, you didn't look too injured to be at the Meek Mill. But this is a uh, it's a curious case, man. The, this is some this is some quick Rick level investigation. Yeah, this is sneaky. This, this is very sneaky. Um, I don't even really understand what he thought he was going to gain from it because you can't, you know, just having random little people on Twitter like that, like you're not going to have, you're not going to suddenly have like everybody listening to you. I mean, before this story, man, I didn't even know there was burner like accounts. I've heard of burner phones, but I didn't even know there was like burner Twitter accounts. This well, that's video. kind of just like a new name for it. I guess it's just people who have more than one Twitter account. Like I'm sure a lot of people have that and just call them different things. But the whole thing about the burner account is like, you know, you're gonna tweet some crazy shit and then you delete it, like a phone. Like, oh man, I gotta get a new phone. Like, it's a burner phone. Oh, you, oh, you mean then people just delete the account at the end? Yeah, they just delete the account. Like, like you know, people throw away their phone. 
Yeah, I think that was, that was his core flaw, man. He was he was too insecure to like own up to it. Oh, he'll never get a job again. You're, That's you're what I think. His because, wife may never get a job again because if she lies, <laughs> it'll backfire on her. Good point. Her, her, her people would be like, so you admitted to using accounts. And then if she says no, then it's like a whole web of lies. It's just bad, man. That's why you shouldn't have burner accounts. If you're going to tweet something, if you're going to be ballsy, own up to it when you do it. Even People might hate you and it might be distasteful, but you won't be in a mess. It's all part of the process, right? It's, yeah, I guess it is part of the process. <laughs> NFL Hall of Fame induction ceremony is coming up uh, this summer. The it always happens like the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, and then they they induct the the new class. And this year, Terrell Owens is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I think this is his first year he was actually eligible. And he decided not to go to the ceremony. Mm-hmm. What do you think about yeah. that? Well, to do a similar link, so I think it was last year, no, two years ago, when Bob Dylan got that uh, like Nobel Peace Prize, and he was like, I'm not going to show up. I was like, what? He Even if you don't want to talk, bro, just, you yeah. just show up. No, no one, no one really wants to go to class. You just gotta show up and do your thing. Like, this is the NFL Hall of Fame, man. Like, this is the thing. An eighteen, or probably like even a ten-year-old, but this, you know, when the man started playing football, like, like your whole life goal is to be like one of the best, go to the Hall of Fame, and like, you don't show up, and then he worked out, like, and then like Terrell Owens is getting other people to be on his same bullshit. Like, Julio Jones worked out with him and skipped the Falcons minicamp. Julio Jones is my receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. And, like, Terrell Owens had him working out with him separately, skipping, like, a mandatory kind of minicamp thing. That's so... Terrell Owens, man, he's setting, like, a weird kind of culture. Like, he's throwing Julio Jones off. Like, there are a lot of people that said, like, the Super Bowl he went to with the Eagles, he was, like, the reason they lost talking too much. But he was like, also yeah, part of the reason, let's be honest, he was also part of the reason. Like, he was balling out in that game. He was one of the only reasons they were really, like, stayed in that game. He was, That's why he's going to the Hall of Fame. It, he's a walking contradiction. You're the reason why the team is in the game because you're bought out of control, but all this stuff on the sidelines and you just being thrown assholes is the reason why they lost. It's like, bro, you, your whole career has been, like, this weird series of, like, it's all about me you know, centric, yeah. he's garbage. I hate him. Like, yeah. I, 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 I'll openly say that I'm open family. I, I don't really. There's a couple of sports guys yeah. not fans of. Trell Owens, uh, Dwight Howard, super soft. Um, that might be it, man. Like, and Des Bryant. I, I, I very much do not like Des Bryant. But Trell Owens, man, you, you got to the Hall of Fame, but your whole, you know, flamboyant, I'm the man. Like, I don't need anybody. It's all about me. It backfired, dude. And, yeah, you're great. Like, you know, one of the best in NFL history, you know, receiving yards and all that stuff. But just not a class act, man. He's not a good guy. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, you know, you can be one of the best players of an era. But if you have, like, all this weird controversy around your professional career, like, it it doesn't matter. Like, I I truly believe, and I could be totally wrong, like, if you're not just, like, a good person, it doesn't matter. Like, think about it. Like, Otto Porter, not going to make the Hall of Fame. 
But I feel like Otto's nice a genuine. Guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Fun fact about Otto Porter, and then we're going to get back to the T.O. thing. Did you know, like, his high school in, he grew up in this tiny, tiny-ass town in Missouri, like 15,000 people. And his I thought he was from D.C. Well, he went to Georgetown, but okay. he's, from the con- he's from out in the country. And there, his- That's why his teeth are sticking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm not trying to roast his No, you can kind of tell when you think about it. You're like, oh, yeah. Now, like, when you realize, like, oh, I was like a real country boy. Like, it was, he came He's from like a, a real country boy. Like, tiny ass town. Know. And then he went to Georgetown. Yeah. And then, but he, that, he, the, like, little county high school that he went to, they have, like, 11 state championships. And every single one was won by an auto porter or a member of his family. Like one of his uncles, one of his cousins, like it was like when Otto went, he was playing with like his brother and two cousins. And then later on, they wanted a couple more with his cousins. Like his uncle They're went to, his dad went to. Yeah. But uh, on the T.O. point, I think, it, I think it's just like sad because it's a great opportunity for him to just be celebrated for his career. And like he did have a great career. He was crazy to watch. When he was yeah. at his peak, like, he just made some unstoppable plays. They were like, you know, T.O., why won't you attend the induction ceremony? And all he said was, y'all can just keep snacking. What does that mean? What is that? I think I think what it means is that he thinks the media has, and, like, the NFL has, like, treated him unfairly. So he he think, he feels like he's been, like, an outcast for his whole career. So he's like, well, fuck you guys. Now you guys want to celebrate me. T.O. also mm-hmm. is in, like, a beef with Michael Irvin. Oh, really? Like, Dallas, Another same, cowboy same kind of player, cowboy, yeah. and they're beefing. Uh, uh, I got yeah. the quote here. Uh, Mike Williams was like, uh, "It's not about the voters. Uh, don't give voters the pleasure of knowing that they don't mean that much to you by your actions." You know, basically he's saying like, "It's all about yeah. the jacket and then honoring the pride." And then T.O. tweeted back to him. He says, uh, "How about me and you go celebrate over a box of Krispy Kreme donuts and a glass of low." fat milk, almond milk for me. I'm kind of like those tolerant. What? And uh, he tweets again. He goes, um, okay, but after, if you lose 100 pounds by August 4th, then I'll attend. But you can't do lipo. I only want two donuts, and you can have the rest. Is Michael Irvin fat now? No, I don't think he's fat. T.O.'s just in this weird beast. I'm open family. I don't even get it. Wow. And then Randy Moss chimed in. He tweeted at Joel Owens. He said, you a mess. And I love it, all caps, hashtag donut. And then Deion Sanders followed up. He said, uh, I'm home watching my dear friend, Rich Einstein's show, at Rich Einstein. I hear Terrell Owens has told the Hall of Fame he's not coming. Please tell me it's April and we're fools. Hashtag truth. I feel like he could at least ask Tony Romo if he decided to go. Because you know, Tony Romo was a good speaker, and he at least had some nice years. with. As much as I hated Tony Romo, man, he is a great commentator. He's a good commentator. He, he's like, watch out here. He's going to change the play. He's looking for something over the middle. He's like, he already knows what's going to happen all the time. Because he's the, playing. The, the worst. I'm he's open family. You can, Google, you can Google YouTube this again. The worst announcer, or I should say, like, yeah. commentary, yeah. It was Ray Lewis. I don't know if you've ever heard. Like, have you heard Ray Lewis, David? Uh, I don't know if I have. He was actually the he was the color commentary for a game. I feel like maybe I am. for ESPN for ESPN for ESPN. Oh, it was, I think it was a Monday night football. Okay, Monday night. Thursday night football. Yeah. It was like him, Randy Moss, okay, Steve Young, and like even Randy Moss and like Steve Young, they would you know throw a little stats in there. Oh, it was during halftime. You mean? 
No, it was it was the whole game. Oh, during the game, okay. Like he was on that panel, and <laughs> okay. like everyone was going to talk about like actual sports and yeah. analytics. They would be like, "All right, you know, this team is here in the standings." And Ray Lewis would all the time be like, "Just ask God. God knows." Like <laughs> he would just he would just say the most random thing like, on third and ten or third and eight. Ask God on like second and one. Ask God. And then one time, Pete Young was like, "Ah, oh, man, do you have like a situation that like, man? What I would do? I would just come out fired up." And I get my team fired up, we shut them down. And then, like, they were like, you didn't even describe anything about this situation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you remember when one, I feel like for one of my most, like, my most classic T.O. moment is when people were like, making fun of, not making fun of Tony Romo, but, you know, the media was always hard on Tony Romo. And everybody was, like, always up and down on Tony Romo. Because he's an up and down player. So, like, sometimes people, <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's, like, media. So I remember when T.O. was like crying and he's like, that's my quarterback. Oh my God. Do you remember that? Remember, with the sunglasses with on. The sunglasses. And he was crying. <laughs> that was like, I, I hate him. I feel like that might be the most classic T.O. moment when he cried yeah. for Tony Romo. No, that was, yeah, I mean, he's, we'll, we'll get in much later on the show. But also, I, I think that I, means Tony Romo. I think it's some crying on TV. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think that means uh, Tony Romo has to go and cry at his, like, uh, ceremony. Like, that's what he should have done. Is, like, Tony Romo. T.O., man, that was my best guy. Do you know what? T.O. was such a good receiver. Every single pass he caught, like, post patterns, he caught it every time. Oh, my God. And he ran it for a touchdown because he was so fast. I love you, T.O. You know, he could have just done something little play, you know, his highlights, get the jacket, and just leave, that's all. Got to talk about Lonzo and his new, uh, foray into the hip-hop game. I know he's been already, you know, interested, but now he's trying, it seems like he's definitely trying to push it more for, you know, for just for a quick catch-up for everybody. Lonzo Ball is the oldest of the three Ball brothers of the Triple B Big Baller brand and their father. Do you have any of their clothes? LeVar. I don't have any of the BBVs, no, sir. I don't get paid like that, baby, no. <laughs> yeah, no, ball. sir. Their shoes, I'm not a big baller, no. You gotta be a big baller. How much are the right? shoes, like 3.30 or something crazy like that? Yeah, man, it's like four hundred dollars for it's, like fucking Tom's remade sandals, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, no, I don't have any. But um, the dad, Levar Ball, is obviously a big hot topic, and you know now Lonzo's got a couple tracks out that he's trying to you know pump up, and Josh Hart, one of his teammates, walked in on him lifting, and he was just playing his own music, just lifting and getting down like. To his own songs. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's he, and he, he. You've heard him. He's not that good. No, he's garbage, man. He's trash. He's he's trash. But like you said, he he likes taking serious. He but, but he thinks he's really good. He's out there lifting, getting just turned up like to his own like mixtape. I guess it's good yeah. to have confidence like that. But he's not good. And I don't know. Does the youngest rap? Does Mellow rap? Or not yet? Because when Jello, because Lonzo is a re, Lonzo has really, like you know, it's just they honestly the beat on the one that that came out was kind of nice. Uh, 
the even the last one that came out was kind of nice. I mean, yeah, uh, he has he has the, the money to pay for stuff. Yeah, like because he has the money to just pay for whatever production they need exactly, and he he can just some, say some basic stuff. Uh, for the fans, I think that was the one they just put out, right? Uh, that's, and the video was dope too. Yeah, like yeah, like they just yeah, have the, the money. Yeah, the, the money thing, yeah, the money gun, the dollar gun, or whatever. Exactly, like the song actually kind of goes like other than like the rapping part, but it's just like yeah, because they have the, the money song to does pay. Go. I, I, I feel like we should just say we should just flat out say it, man. The song is hot. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like that's the crazy thing about it, even though it's hot, you know. Like, but when here's the problem when Jello came on, I had to turn it off, even though we were Team Jello first, and that's kind of the crazy thing. Uh, uh that's good. The siren's gonna be on the podcast, that's what the, that's what that <laughs> so they know it's real easy. But when Jello came on the track, like, I just had to turn it off. He's just he was just so bad. Yeah, I had I listened to like two lines, and I was like, I can't listen to it anymore. I can't believe even Lonzo let him on the track, you know. Jello wasn't that slow, really. Yeah, Jello had he was deeper than Lonzo because Lonzo's just trying just going for like a sort of just bootleg Drake sort of vibe, right? <laughs> it's still a bootleg Drake, man. He's you know. Just, I got the money. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had to do it for the fans. You just, you know, I mean, it just sounds like it could be. It's a terrible Drake song. Yeah, exactly. Some people think that Melo, who's the youngest, might be better than Lonzo. But, really? But that's, that was before he got his dad, that was before his dad took him out of high school and sent him to Lithuania, and now he signed him up for the junior basketball league instead of sending him to high school next year. So, so it's like, yo, dude, like, what is going on? I don't even we're know if he'll be able to... We're entering an era where, like, honestly, once you get out of elementary school, sixth grade, it's kind of all bets off. Yeah, so I don't even know. I think he's, yeah, he's going to be a, either junior or senior next year, but he can't, he's not, his dad's going to have him, I don't know. So we'll see. I don't even it's think big baller, bro, man. You, you, it's you, big baller. It's all out or nothing. So I don't really think Jello will even. I mean, I don't think Melo would even be able to go to college. I think he has to just go straight pro or do you, you know, G League or whatever. That's, that's the way it is, man. All or nothing. Um, the one thing is it just a commercial like by Labar? That's the only thing like I have to think about <laughs> when I hear when I see him putting out the raps. Because everything about their family seems like I know they're making like a TV show about themselves, like their dads, like so you know, selling everything about their family and like the brand and everything, and like with the rapping, I'm I just can't help but wonder like, don't you do you think maybe Levar was just like, hey, one of you guys needs to rap, it's just gonna be good for the family brand, or do you think Lonzo it's, it's, was just it's like it's the summer, man, it's the summer off season, man, everyone's having fun. Yeah. So do you, but do you think Lonzo was like, hey dad, I really love this? And he was like, yeah, man, we need some, we need to push this for the family uh, video uh, storyline. For sure, like Lonzo probably made a song, called it the dad. Dad was like, cool, video, boom, money gun, suit, crazy, flashy, done, jello, get on track. Like, nah, man, yeah, it, it's all, it's all planned, man. They, they, they run it like a business. They are a business. It's, it's a legit business. Yeah, it is. Pretty crazy. As you all know, we can't end any episode of the I'm Open podcast without naming our mask off performer of the week. Of course, this segment is 
inspired by future. Mask on. Fuck it, mask on. Mask on. Fuck it, mask on. Now, this episode, our mask off performer is someone who actually hasn't played sports on a professional level in a while, but they've still been able to keep their name in the news. That person is Dennis Rodman. Congratulations, Dennis, for being the mask-off performer of the week. Now, Dennis Rodman, of course, he was a member of the Bad Boy Pistons. He was a member of the Chicago Bulls, won a bunch of different titles with Michael Jordan. He had hair-dyed all types of crazy colors. He recently even visited Nick Young in a dream. And he had nose rings, he has earrings, and he was very expressive on the court and off. And now, Dennis is back in the public eye because we are relying on him to create world peace. That is right. Dennis Rodman is basically our last hope to create peace between the United States and North Korea and to avoid World War Now, after Donald Trump has made all sorts of threats towards North Korea um, and called Kim Jong-un Little Rocket Man and done all these different sorts of puffing his chest out to sort of build up the aggression between the United States and North Korea, now just recently he has kind of switched his course and he's decided to have a summit with Kim Jong-un and they met up in Singapore. But they were not alone. Of course, Dennis Rodman had to be there with them. Now, he wasn't officially brought over by the U.S. government. A new sort of Bitcoin-type company called Potcoin actually sponsored Dennis Rodman to go over to Singapore for the summit as a sort of promotional trip for Potcoin. And I think that worked out well for their business as well. But Dennis was so emotional about the fact that the United States and North Korea were finally able to sit down over a summit. He was so proud of his two friends, Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump. And yes, he does have personal relationships with both of those gentlemen. This is an NPR. This is a show about sports. This is a show that's funny and we like to goof around. But I'm seriously starting to just wonder about the world that we're living in where it seems like the truth is even more crazy than anything you could make up. I mean, Dennis Rodman, this is a man who has posed naked for PETA in a campaign saying that he'd rather go naked than wear fur. He also won three Razzie Awards. Those are like the anti-Academy Awards for people who make the worst movies. He wrestled as a tag team along with Hulk Hogan. Right, So these are all incredible things, but they don't necessarily bring to mind the resume of a person who should be conducting diplomatic agreements. Uh, look, the resume doesn't stop there. Dennis, for, for a brief time, was actually commissioner of the Lingerie Football League, which is very impressive considering that he actually was a basketball player, not a football player. His uh, connection with Donald Trump goes back to his appearances on Celebrity Apprentice. And yes, I said appearances plural, because Dennis was on The Celebrity Apprentice twice. So he got to know Donald um, through that experience. He also started his own vodka brand. He's dated Madonna. He got married to Carmen Electra. And he had the cops called on his home in Newport Beach over 70 times. Over 70 times because the parties were so loud and rambunctious. Now look, I'm not saying that this is a shameful, shameful resume. It's a pretty cool resume. 
I got to admit, it's pretty cool. I wish I could have been at some of those parties with Dennis when the cops were getting called and his Newport Beach mansion. I'm sure they were turning up and having a great time, and I would have loved to see the cast of characters who was in there. That sounds like a great time. But this isn't necessarily the person who I want to have the future of the world in his hands. I don't want nuclear war to be... Dennis Rodman's focus, right? I mean, it's great that he doesn't want nuclear war, neither do I. But look, if Dennis is our main hope to make sure that there's not a World War III, that does make me a little concerned. Now, if Dennis was our main hope to make sure the party was going to be popping, great, great, right? But if Dennis is in charge of securing a diplomatic relationship that is really doesn't just affect these two countries, it affects the whole world, I have to admit, I love Dennis. That does make me a little bit concerned. Either way, Dennis, thanks for doing your part. To the rest of the world, I think we need to have a long look in the mirror, especially to the United States of America, to have a long look in the mirror that this man, two-time celebrity apprentice, contestant, basketball superstar, nose ring wearer, He's a great guy. He's a really cool guy. But he's maybe not the number one choice or even number two, or he's probably not even in the top 5,000 people. I would choose to conduct a diplomatic negotiation that really has an effect on the fate of the entire world. So thank you, Dennis, for your service. Congratulations, Dennis, on your Mask Off Award. I appreciate that you, like me, would rather not see the world enter into a nuclear war or in some sort of world war but for the rest of the world let's try to think about maybe the people that we're putting in power and the types of experience the type of knowledge that is required from these people to be good at their jobs Thanks again for listening to the I'm Open podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a great rating. You can now follow us on Instagram. All you have to do is look up I'm Open underscore pod, and you'll find so many hilarious memes, videos, and jokes about sports every single day. We had such a great time hanging out with you guys, as we always do, and we can't wait for the next one. Everybody, have a great night, and uh, don't forget to stay open, okay? Okay.